Oh, I was checking what the bloody episode number is. I told you, 65. No, you said 64. I did, but then I looked it up. We're 65. Yeah. Or is it 66? Don't. It's bad enough as it is. I don't need any help getting confused. I think it's 65. <laughs> See, knows better than we do. <laughs> That's just, just tragic, isn't it? 65. All right. Good evening, listeners. Welcome to episode 65. Hello, Ben. How are you? All right, mate. I'm fine, thanks. Good, good. Um, so tonight uh, we have Jason, a.k.a. Valvion, with us talking all things sculpting, beards and cloaks, etc., etc. Really cool, actually. So definitely, if nothing else, go and listen to the community section because he's with us throughout, but there's some great stuff about sculpting in there. So... We go onto the hobby desk, find out about what the three of us have been doing over the last couple of weeks. Then into the Galaxy of War, where we talk about the Imperium magazine and the Water Guild. Uh, into the Mortal Realms, where we're talking about a dude with a flipping rat cloak. I mean, what is going on there? <laughs> Deary me. Into Community, where we chat to Jason all about his sculpting. Um, some real gems in there, um, definitely. Uh, and then into the wilds where Ben we talked about it like 10 minutes ago man what was it that you said Loot Loot Studios Loot Studios (laughs) we discussed Loot Studios very memorable it is too so guys you know what to do grab some refreshments we will see you on the hobby desk Hi guys and welcome to episode 65 and uh, today we are joined by the awesome Val Bjorn or Jason, we'll call him Jason today I think because Val Bjorn could get a bit confusing for us. Um, nice to have you along Jason. Hello. So um, we're going to go through what we've been working on a hobby desks to start with. Um, do you want to start Dan? Because you've been up to some, some uh, Legion this week haven't you? got your big guns done i, I want to hear from jason really because obviously we got to know jason through some rather awesome sculpting yeah um and although unfortunately it was on completely the wrong army initially uh he's moved along <laughs> to some uh he's moved on to some more sort of awkward things that he showed us the other day so uh, i think it'd be great to hear a bit about jace what what kind of got you into the the hobbying side of things and why did you decide to tackle green stuff? Because I know Ben loves like enjoys doing it, but I have to be honest, I'm just like basically get my crucifix out and start screaming at the stuff. So um be interested <laughs> to hear why you yeah, did that there, to yourself. Absolutely. There's such a love hate relationship with green stuff that I see across the community. Um, I tackled green stuff years and years ago. 
when I was right out of college, I was building a Warhammer Fantasy Chaos Warrior Army, and I, I saw the uh, I think they're like Chaos Hounds and yeah. um, Chaos Marauders, and uh, the Marauders came with horses and they looked like little ponies, and I thought, man, those are those are not chaos enough. So I threw them <laughs> on the backs of the chaos hounds and gave them all giant beards. And I still have them sitting on the shelf. They're uh, shamefully primed black, <laughs> <laughs> but um, they set up there as a reminder of kind of like a, you know, my first, uh, you know, my first step into the, into the green stuff pool. So that's kind of where I started. And then I took a really long break Um Oh God, I don't even want to count the years, but I got back into (laughs) count the years between Warhammer fantasy pre age of Sigmar and eighth edition 40 K. So that's Mm kind of where I came back in. So last year I started seeing some space wolf stuff and uh, started collecting a few models and jumped right into 40 K and decided all my space wolves needed to be big Vikings with no helmets. And, (laughs) and here we are. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of where I, where I'm from with all that kind of stuff. So. And the Marauders were metal ones, weren't they? So that's not, that's not an easy conversion to do. um... Yeah, they they were metal and the chaos hounds were plastic. Uh, I remember there was a lot of filing and green stuff and, and all that stuff. So, Yeah. And what's on the but desk yeah, I, in front of you right now, man? So <laughs> it's funny. The last time we talked, I was working on orcs and I'm back on Marines now. Uh, <laughs> just kind of what I, what, what I pulled off the shelf. I, lately I've been very sporadic with what I work on, but um, I was telling, uh, telling Ben, I just bought the um, assault intercessor box, the multi-part yeah. kit. And uh was pleasantly surprised to see no less than 11 bear heads inside, which is just a gold mine for a guy like me who likes to sculpt beards and hair on my, on my models. So yeah, doing a, I spend a lot of time cleaning sprue lines and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we talked about that before, but yeah, so it, it's kind of therapeutic for me. I just sit there and, and just pull the kit apart and, start cutting pieces out, cleaning the sprue lines and, and start thinking about how I want to put them together. So, yeah. Are you an instructions kind of guy or are you uh, take them all off the sprue and go for it kind of guy? Oh man, it's changing. Um, I used to be to the letter with instructions. I've always been growing up. I was the, the, uh, I would buy the game guide for the games I was playing and the, the player's guides and read all the instructions. I loved Lego as a kid, just because it's you you could open the instructions and, and see exactly how you needed to put the thing together. I loved that. So when I discovered Warhammer, I was like, oh, I naturally I'll just follow the instructions. <laughs> and the more I started looking at the models, I realized, oh, well, when I see the same model over and over again, uh, take these new like Ragnar for instance the new Ragnar model absolutely love the new Ragnar Ragnar model he's so cool looking but after a while you see the same Ragnar over and over and over and you're looking at the paint jobs which is great like I love a unique paint job but what I realize is when I see a, a model that's kit bashed or changed in a way with green stuff or just 
just move an arm or cut a leg and tilt it one way, it's like, ooh, there's so much more information now that I can digest and really get into and, and learn about. And so I've been trying to break myself out of the um, follow the instructions habit yeah. and just start cutting stuff off sprues, laying all my guys out on the table and then just picking one and seeing how it goes together. And sometimes, it, you know, it will bite you when you're like, oh, I guess I shouldn't <laughs> have used that leg. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so I'm trying to break out of that and to just go for more of a free flow, um, cut everything out and just piece it together how I, how I yeah. want. So, yeah. How about you? Well, with conversions, um, I, I tend to, if I get a box the first time, I tend to put it together with the instructions. Mm -hmm. and, then I, and then after that, just go do how I want. Um, yeah. So I get an understanding because sometimes there's bits that need to go on before other bits. And or some, there's a reason why things are built, especially nowadays. They're not, they're not always as obvious as they used to be. Um, yeah, they're, they're kind of made to go together a certain way, aren't they? Yeah. And you, it's, so. it's dead easy to convert them. You just need to understand which bits need to go together and then and then which bits you can change. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I, I've, I've always kind of done that. I used, to, I used to get the first one put together was the, was the Games Workshop's store one. So <laughs> I'd, be, I'd, put oh, yeah. I'd put it together for the store and then I'd do mine however I wanted. <laughs> like, oh, man. Having learned how to do it from the store one. So, Must yeah. be nice. Yeah. Cool. I tend to, I'm totally an instructions guy. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. That's why I love building Lego. I nothing, so, nothing wrong with that, man. It, I think, I, I mean, it's partly because I'm always on like this mission to do X project and then do the next project and the next project. And, I, and I, in my mind, I'm like thinking armies and big forces and terrain collections. And, and so I'm just kind of trying to get them built and crack on. Um, yeah. I will mix it up though. If so, when I did my corn berserkers, because the corn berserker models are not the strongest uh, in the games workshop range. Um, I got out the hacky saw and started cutting things up and then, I did like some mixed possessed corn berserkers, but I tend to stick with the plastic components that I can find as opposed to pushing the boat out like you guys and, and getting the old green stuff out. Um, although that might change now that I've got a 3D printer, just do it that way because I quite enjoyed, I've done a bit of playing around with the, the sculpting, the 3D sculpting stuff and uh, mm. I quite enjoyed that. So I might do some of that. Think. cool what is... program are you using for the 3d sculpt well i've to be honest so far i've just used um mesh mixer and then the slicing software so all i've really been doing is taking um meshes that people have made and then like so gareth nichols who did the forest dragon um warmaster scale stuff um a lot of his uh meshes are all different sort of shells and you can separate them out and then move them around and manipulate them to get what you want like change the banners and and stuff Sweet. like that and like ben found some stls for some little ravens he wanted but they were stood on they were stood on like a perch but he didn't want the perch and so i went in and like took the perch out um there is fattened up the 
the claws a little bit just so that they weren't so brittle and then printed them out. So it's only simple things at this stage. Um, but I've, I've oh, also that got... Sounds sounds dangerous man yeah well i've got i've got blender um to have a look at but i'm thinking like at some point maybe uh when i've got a bit more time again it would be great to jump onto some kind of tutorial thing and and learn a bit more because what and i've spoken about this on other podcasts but like what i love about 3d printing is this idea that you, you can sculpt something and then save it and then you you can just print as many as you want yeah. Um, and also you can do really basic things like click a button and it mirrors it or flips it yep. or puts it up yep. sound. So, um, you know, even if you're buying a, an STL, you know, you, you can, you can usually get three or four poses out of just a single STL with literal clicks of the button. So, Oh yeah. Um, and if you get savvy with blender or ZBrush or whatever you're going to work with, you can bring that in and make all kinds of changes and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, Blenders is insane. You know, when you the, all the videos that do really well, like uh, the, the most recent one is Raptor, which is which is insane. Um, it's made on Blender and it's it's almost cinema style. Yeah, oh yeah, very powerful. So yeah. So what's um what have you been doing, Ben? Oh um. So since we last spoke, I, I did paint that Venerable Dreadnought. It took a little longer than a day, um, a bit longer than I expected, but I was really happy with how he turned out. That's the first um, Dreadnought I've painted for Space Wolves, um, that size. I painted the uh, Redemptor um, and really enjoyed that. So I, I just I basically did the same, a similar sort of thing. But with these Dreadnoughts, um, there's so much detail on with the Redemptor, you've got to really focus on those big plates and getting the armor sort of looking right and the transition blends all looking good. Whereas mm. with the uh, with the older Dreadnoughts, it's a little bit more forgiving on the armor because you've got you've got so much, especially the Space Wolf one, because you've just got so much hanging off of them. There's so much to cover up the armor. So yeah, Tristan loves him. Every time he comes in here, he's like, oh, he's wicked. That's <laughs> nine yards. <laughs> well, he's a giant robot with a massive axe and a shield. Yeah. Oh, he? man, so... what's not to love? Exactly. exactly. Um, unfortunately, I finished him and very nearly went out and bought two more dreadnoughts so I could have um, <laughs> and have Murder Fang and another one because I just, I, just I just think it's brilliant. I just love dreadnoughts. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to... a. Uh... A uh, a Wolfen conversion dreadnought myself yeah. sounds fun. Yeah, you could you would make an awesome job of a murder fang. That yeah, man. Awesome. Well, you know I'm running that. Uh, we talked last time. I'm committed to that successor chapter thing. So yeah. I've got yeah. to uh, I got to do that uh, Wolfen dreadnought. Yeah, we can't awesome. have any named characters. <laughs> no, <laughs> I guess um, he could sit on the shelf, but. Yeah. Um, and then what else have I done? So, finished models. I painted that. Um, what's he called? U something zero two five. U R zero two five. Oh, from Blackstone. Yeah. So I um, I uh, ev- oh yeah, he during- went on the Warhammer Community Hobby Roundup, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, really chuffed with that. Um, it's completely different how I normally paint stuff, but I didn't have much time to do him. Um. So I, I signed up to the London Marathon again this year, 
um, in a moment of um, insanity. So I started to um, start training now um, to increase the number of miles I was doing. So on, a, on Sunday, um, I did a fairly fast-paced 12-mile walk and then watched Iron Man 2 with Tristan, which was amazing. And uh, and then um, realised I only had the evening to paint and that normally on a Sunday I, I get most of the day to paint. Um, so I figured I'd find something that I could do in four hours and I've been looking at the Warhammer Quest stuff and thinking I really, I really should paint the, the damn things because I keep buying Warhammer Quest and not painting it. Um, so I figured he would be a good place to start. So he was just um, started with a brown base, then put on, um, or oh, what's it called, uh, the chipping fluid, but the uh, not the full chipping fluid. The um, oh, what's it called? So not not quite heavy chipping. Well, oh, worn, worn, yeah, worn effects. That's the one. Yeah, and um, and then airbrush him up through basically the same colours as I normally do my Oryx, but not didn't go so bright. So uh, Steel Legion, and then Carrick Stone, and then um, Pallid Witch Flesh, and um, and then uh, toned it back with an oil wash. Did the chipping and did the blue, and it all I think it all came together. And chose the orange because it contrasted with the blue, and it worked real nice. So I was quite happy with that. Um, I don't think I'll be able to do the um, the rest of the Blackstone Fortress guys in three hours each. <laughs> but um, be nice to be able to. But I don't think it'll happen. So yeah, I did him, and I've been working on um, my Space Wolf batches coming on. So on when we were hanging out on uh, Thursday, um, or was it Wednesday? Wednesday. One of the days, uh, Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday, um, I got the yellows on with those, and I did the. I've done the oil washing and pin washing on those guys, so they've they've come a long way now. So it won't be long before I think I start peeling those units off and finishing them. And somebody somebody asked how I did my space walls, um, and if you guys don't mind, I, I said I'd talk through how I do that process. So if that's okay. I don't mind yeah. if there are people out there that actually want to put space walls. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> so when, I, when I when I do these space walls, I I start with a grey base, usually Halford's grey primer, and then um, do a zenith with white, um, and then work my way up from a um, rust grey up all the way to Fenris grey, and then a bright at the top. Uh, and then this is all with the airbrush, uh, zenithing it further out. So up through Russ, then Fenris, and then Fenris through an airbrush, uh, the airbrush Fenris, which is lighter. Um, and then um, un, a sort of undershade, so coming from the bottom with um, the Fenris, you know, the, the Space Wolf Grey contrast paint now. I think that works really well. So that, and that gives me kind of the starting place for the armour. Then I block in all the browns using whatever brown you want to do. Um, the gold I use, Balthazar gold. Um, metals I use, um, Vallejo metal colour steel, because Vallejo metal colours are just superb metal paints. Um, I absolutely love them. It flows so quickly. They're airbrush paints and their pigment is so high, it coverage is insane. Um, so yeah. I, I use that. Um, and then yeah, the, the yellows, I start with... Um, the XV 
88, go up through um, Avalanche Sunset, and then uh, Uriel Yellow, and then a tiny bit of flash gets, not very much at all. Uh, reds is the corn red, um, and then up through Wazdaka, um, and then finally um, Wild Rider Red. Um, then I do all the lining in. Now I start with a, a watered down ver- bit of Space Wolf grain just to sort of get a general shading. And then I do an oil wash with I, Payne's Grey um, is how I do that now. And that's real, real quick. That's um, some of the first time you've been doing oil. I have. I, I, you... used, I used to do the lining in with, um, with a 50-50 mix of um, blue and black washes. Um, but that just doesn't, doesn't pin. It virtually looks exactly the same as Payne's Grey um, and just doesn't, doesn't capillary up through the things because it's not an oil wash. So because it's an oil, it just capillaries up. Yeah. Um, everything apart from the armor is I, I normally give a wash of Agrax and then, and then just start highlighting up. Um, but I don't, I don't overwash with Agrax. I just go into the sort of details on the yellow. Um, mm. So I don't have to, so I don't have to build it up. Yeah. Um, it's funny that I remember like, sorry to cut in. I just think it's, it's a point. Like I remember talking to you or a couple of years ago now when i was painting the iron and what are they called the the blood bowl orc team yeah um and gouged eye and i was talking about how so their trousers are like a rack of flesh and then you put an agrax wash over it and i was like oh it's ridiculous i put it on and then i'm having to spend ages building it up and you were talking about you know either using like a thinner wash or a more targeted technique and i did that mm. the second time around and it just sped the process so much up so much and i think like because the citadel system as it used to be was very much like base coat all over wash that's yeah. just what i was doing yeah um and actually when i took on board like your points about targeted using the washes in a more targeted manner definitely sped things up yeah yeah I, and then the last thing I, I do is um is highlight with blue horror on the armor first Fenris gray and then and then blue horror and on the on the edge of the armor door on the edge of the yellow dawn dawn yellow and I but I only do that where it, where it would make sense and and the golds and the the bronze I just go up through um the new bronze I use what's it called the new one that they just released Rune Lord um, Brass Rune Lord Brass yeah. Yeah, um, it's like it's like the ultimate transformation, isn't it? It's a bit like yeah. those those shows where they get someone that and they do like a mega makeover from the old Rune Lord brass that was just rubbish. shocking <laughs> to, the, to the the new one, which is actually just amazing and is now a staple of yeah. most of my paint schemes. And uh, the I t- I sometimes do an edge of an aluminium kind of color um, if I if I've got a bit of time, feel like it. Um, and then all over everything once it's done uh, goes um, water, thinned down um, streaking grime, um, which I lift off with a lift off on the raised areas with a uh, with a uh, cotton bud mm. um, to give it that kind of muted look across across it. And I find that that because I do all the highlighting first and then do that, I find I get the pop and the kind of um, realistic effect that I'm looking for. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, 
that's how I do my that's my general approach to my space walls. I think you might have to write that down. <laughs> I will. I will do. Yeah. But he I did promise I'd go through it quickly on here. So I've done that now. Do you know um, how I paint space walls? You don't. Red with gold trim. Exactly. Red yeah, with gold I got trim. There. I got there. Yeah. Um, and today I've been sculpting, so I've um, I've done some beards because we have the master of beards on the show. I thought I'd do some most excellent beards, I may add. Um, very nice work. The master make. of beards. I love yes. that. Like the master of coin or master of ceremonies. Yeah. No, master of beards. That's pretty much what I'm it says on your account. I sculpt beards and hair. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Fenrisian beard fabricator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. My sole purpose. Yeah. Fair, like, I bet the space, the space walls will have someone that's like properly versed in the law. And meaning of beards oh yeah without doubt. Yeah, yeah the beard god yeah yeah and um i've also done the shoulder pad and finished off the boot claws for ragnar i've just got to do the ears on the shoulder pad and that's done and then you can start coming together and be painted and i'm also working on a commission of bear bear eater um oh yes hamilcar so, yeah him yeah so I've done his fur cloak today, and I've I can't remember the name of the model I based him on, Dan. You probably remember the Lord Castellan. Yeah, the Lord Castellan. So I I changed his leg position so it looks like he's stepping up onto a skull. Um so that I've been, sounds so familiar, the Lord Castellan. So I've been tidying that up. He's got a great big axe and yeah. a lantern. Awesome. So that's yeah, I've had a sculpty day today. I find um, with sculpting, I, I tend to have multiple things on the go because while one's curing, I move on to the next thing and then work my way around like that. Hmm. Otherwise, I end up just end up sitting there for hours watching it. Yeah, we well, don't want that. Um, have you listened to? I don't. You may have listened to it ages ago when I first lent it to you, but I'm sure Hamilcar. I oh hmm, I don't know now. Does he? Is it Hamilcar? What is that? His name? I want to Google it because uh, Bear Eater Stormcast. I'm sure that character, anyway, even if it's not that he's still the bear, it turns up in one of the audiobooks. Oh, it is it is Hamilcar? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does turn up in one of the you know those audiobooks I lent you. Yeah, I'm sure, he's in one of those should re- listen to one of them and get in the zone in the Hamilcar zone. Hamilcar the hungry. Yes. Yeah. In fact, you've got to kill the bear to eat it. So it's pretty good going. <laughs> mm. So he is tough. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me. Mm. Um, bit of a mixed bag. I'm still working out what I'm going to paint tomorrow. Um, might paint a iron priest, maybe. Or, yeah, or... that's my vote. You know that's my vote. I've told you that. I've also got um oh what what's his face on the wolf ready to go now? Hocanus. Okay, yeah, can't yes it. Canus wolf Can... born. There he is. Look. Yeah. Oh, on his uh his wolf that ate too many 
stakes. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a chunky he's, wolf. <laughs> he's metal as well. So he's like... Um, oh, he's metal? Yeah. If you dropped him off the table, there's every chance you'd be going to A&E if it landed on your foot. <laughs> he's, he's a substantial model. Yeah. <laughs> so I, might I do love him. his lore. He's a He was a cool one to read about. What I like about him is he doesn't talk. Or hardly ever talks. He just grunts and yeah. snarls. And have, somehow, you, have you thought of sort of channeling his uh, his style at all? Or of, of I think it would I don't be think good for the, uh, out for the podcast. Very good. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Didn't I, he? Uh, didn't he show up at the Fang before he was a space wolf? Like with a space wolf at his feet? Like he defeated one in combat? Oh, did he? I, d- I didn't know that. Like, uh, a, really? A, yeah. That's so, insane. if I remember correctly, a space wolf goes out to do his, you know, initiation trial or whatever, and they don't have armor on. They're just, you know, before they're initiated in, and uh, he gets bested by Canis Wolfborn, who shows up on a thunder riding a thunder wolf with the the uh, the space wolf in tow, you know, knocked out cold. And they're like, holy shit, who's this kid? And he's, you know, of course, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. yeah, I want to say that's eighth edition codex or something like that. So I could be way wrong. <laughs> sounds Let about me right. believe. Yeah. <laughs> sounds about right. He's, um, I don't know quite now how he gets past his tactical training. Other, he wouldn't, he wouldn't last in another chapter, would he? It's lucky that the space wolves can um, can uh, you know interpret grunts and snarls and work. Oh as yeah, a team. and uh, work as in a the team case of that. in the case of Murder Fang, they just freeze him with the Hellfrost ray when they're done with them. Yeah, just right? stay out of his way. <laughs> yeah, point him in the general direction and then run. Yeah, they they dethaw him, point him at the enemy, wait till everything's dead, and then freeze him again. <laughs> <laughs> He's really oh, cool God. in the uh, in so cool the Fenris Sector campaign books. He's really cool in that because uh, obviously they they're hunting the wolf and trying to gather them up before any other chapters get hands on him, and uh, they end up in a trap. And the the Grey Knights show up as well, and they kind of look at him like, "What, Grimnar? What is that?" <laughs> He's like, "It's a dreadnought." I don't know what you mean. It's clearly not a dreadnought, Grimnar. The guy is raving lunatic. <laughs> yeah. Slathering, raving lunatic. That's great. <laughs> Love it. So how about you, Mr. Jolly? Well, I have been a little bit flitting around again. Um, I know. Not like me, I know. Um, but I've still got the same sort of two main things on the go. So I've got my Nurgle um, that we were doing for the Taylor Gamers completely and utterly failed to achieve February's goal of um, of uh, uh, doing another battle line. Um, you didn't even try. I did. You did not. It's you cool. got utterly distracted by, by Legion and just... Get... <laughs> yeah. I did get distracted by Legion, but also work went a bit balmy, and uh, I I just haven't I just haven't done as much time hobbying no. this year. By this point, my year on year hobbying 
quota is significantly down um <laughs> uh, on where it was this time last year but um i'm you know i'm enjoying what i am doing so i've done a bit more on those guys now those nurgles so their armor's all done and they're well i say it's done uh, all base coated and like chipped and stuff and then i've done all their like rusty weapons and i've started putting all the base coats on so i'm almost at the stage now i've just got a few more bits to go back and just touch up and then i'll be uh glossing them and going in with the enamel to yeah. knock them back um and uh once i've done all of that it'll just be the skin to do and the bases which are quite involved um they're quite big so i'm hoping that over february i'll catch i'll do them um because i'm not the only one there's only dan is the only one that's managed to achieve the goal and seeing as the only hobby dan does is age of sigma although to be fair to him he has also painted an me 262 um just randomly uh jet yeah i saw that was good um which is cool so um yeah so he's he's the only one so what we've done this month is we've called it a catch-up month so you just paint a character plus catch up with whatever so i'm painting the lord of afflictions that i started anyway yeah um and and catch up with these and then so next month i'm gonna need to really do a battle line another battle line because i'll have 10 um blight kings um in one unit and then i'll need another unit so i might i remind might me, remind me again are you going are you going from a, a mortal's army or a mixed demon's mortal army it's, it's funny you should say that so the next thing i was going to say is um i'm either going to go um with the puscoil blight lords which are like the blight kings that are flying around on flies yeah get like four of those as a little unit because they're those really expensive cool. they are cool they're wonderful models they're 190 points for two so they um Oof. they are whopping yeah. um but that's fine do they do they pack 190 points worth of ouch? Yeah, I believe so. They're pretty mm. good. Um, especially alongside the Lord of Afflictions, because his command ability lets them move uh in the hero phase, I think. So, or double their move or something. So oh. they they go 16 inches um before they charge. So that's quite good. Um they've got lots of attacks. So dang. But you obviously your model count's very low. Um, or I might go with um like something like 30 plague bearers or something um which would be a dead easy unit to paint well that's uh, so yeah that's one of the things as well because it will allow me to experiment a bit more with contrast um Mm. which i'm enjoying at the moment and a bit of zenith although what i've noticed with contrast is you and i you know by no means am i any master at painting but i find sometimes i muck it up by trying to be too stark with the zenith because if the you know contrast is such a different color over the light color versus the dark color that you need a, the grad the gradient needs to be a bit more steady yeah. um mm. in my is what i've found anyway so yeah so i've i've been doing them a little bit on and off they just sat there looking at me like come on paint me i'm an ugly Ugh. um but pew pew <laughs> it's all i can say because the game that i'm not collecting just keeps calling to me um and it's uh sucking me in so i've also painted this month a an f 1.4 d 
P Tower laser cannon for the Rebel Alliance and the E Web gun <laughs> for the for the uh, Empire for my my burgeoning Legion forces. So because um, I'm basically so- painting two armies at the same time for those guys and with them i'm really enjoying them because i'm just keeping it super 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 simple so there's almost no edge highlighting and stuff that's there's a bit on the black because i did the death troopers yeah you needed to have a little bit on there really um but in general it's just all contrast work bit of weathering um the bases I've done like the crackle paint with a few tufts and stuff just to make it stand out. But the thing is the miniatures are quite simple in themselves. Um, You know, they're they're fine. They look like what they are supposed to be, but, but they aren't, you know, they they aren't space Marines, you know, with all the Mm. crisp lines and stuff. So in many respects, they really benefit from a more simple painting style and even things like, like, with the empire because they're they're obviously armored i'm choosing to use a satin varnish but with the rebels i've gone with a matte varnish because it it just changes the overall look um and and on the table they just they just look fine you know they look like yeah nice neatly painted forces so i'm quite enjoying that and because as i said i don't have a great deal of time at the moment for painting Mm. Um, it, it's really suitable. So, um, so yeah, so I painted up the two laser cannons, um, which was quite fun. Um, and now I'm working on what I did is because I'm, I'm basically skirting around buying the starter set because like I can still try and claim like that. I'm not really collecting because I'm just buying all the bits around the starter set. So um, <laughs> namely the main, well, part of the reason for that was because Chris has the starter set. So the thinking was that if I get like little random other units that aren't in the starter set, when we eventually can meet up and play a game, we can put it all together. Uh, but so what I've done is I've bought, the the stormtrooper upgrade pack and the rebels upgrade pack so they're like the specialist troopers and they're like captain and stuff like that um and because you get four in each one now in the starter set if i were to buy that you get 14 stormtroopers and 14 rebels and in a standard game, you need three units, three core choice units. Uh, and so I'd be able to make three units of six of each once these guys go in as well. Um, just saying, you know, that, that you're just you're nice. setting yourself up for success. is what. Yeah, saying. exactly. So. Um, so, yeah. And I've spent I spent if a couple of nights. Sorry, you decide to buy it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, <laughs> Jason. Yeah, that's right. So I've. I've then I've spent a couple of nights looking up the um the assault I can't remember what it's called now GAV flipping death assault tank thing that is in um Rogue One that the stormtroopers have um mm. and is you're just only the looking because you because you because you, you can't get hold of the ATST and I I, I think that's a crying shame because the ATST is is for me 
I remember seeing that because I watched um, Return of the Jedi first um, before um, Empire Strikes Back because my grandma had Return of the Jedi and didn't have Empire Strikes Back. It's as simple as that. And I used to watch it in my nan's house. Um, and the, the, the ATST for me was just like, as an as a eight-year-old or a six-year-old, I just thought that was the most amazing thing in the universe. Yeah, so you were right. It's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Um, obviously, that's that. Is, I do want one of those. Um, but yeah, I'm quite. I'm quite enjoying. Although, and this is like one of the things that shows the real value in uh, what Games Workshop do. So, I wanted to look up what the markings are that the stormtroopers wear because they wear the little pauldron. Yeah. Thing different colors and i you know maybe i was just being an idiot with google but it took me a long time to find anything and even what i did find was very small there wasn't loads and and i genuinely expected because i was in my games workshop brain just to put in stormtrooper markings and there to be a load of color plates of stormtroopers stood there like space marines with like this is where the markings go. This is where the number goes. This is where this goes. Yeah, it goes to show you we're, I don't want to say we're spoiled, but we are. No, 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 no. Absolutely. Yeah, anything that's out there that you want to know about the companies and the way that they're laid out and how does, you know, how many of this in a unit are in this company, it's like, oh, that's right at your fingertips. And it's so great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually great. really surprised that. That, that isn't the case for Star Wars. I mean, it's such a massive yeah, me too. thing, you know. As I say, I did find some stuff, and like there was some stuff around, like um, like the size of a stormtrooper legion. So it was like it's something like nine thousand seven hundred and fifty-six stormtroopers, or something like that. Why? Um, oh, because because they come in like units of eight, I think it is, and that's how it work i can't remember but it there was mm. a range as well it did it wasn't always that many it was between that and i just can't be dealing with that it's like we, we get the, the covid vaccine sent in batches of 970 something so like, why don't you just send it in batches of a thousand why yeah why, why have you <laughs> yeah. done that why, just, <laughs> and you make um you make an odd number out of the vials in, is it's not an even number, so it just drives me mad. It absolutely drives me mad. Yeah. Um, Legion should be a thousand stormtroopers. As as <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So uh, that that's pretty much what I've been doing. Oh, and I built a massive Lego rocket. Yeah. You know why not? That's what some of the the hobby budget went on this month because. Oh, and it's all because like Joshy had been really, really good with homeschooling. So we decided to to get him um to treat him. Yeah. To treat him. Uh like last month. Yeah, the end of January. Um, and that's when like we were in the Lego aisle and Joshua chose like a road sweeper and Daddy looked up and there was an X Wing. I was like <laughs> so, I, so i got that and then this month again really good with his schooling and what have you um and uh he chose like a a lego city space force like shuttle 
Yeah. Which was sweet. And we were building it. And of course, Daddy's like looking it up and there's a flipping, there's some cool stuff for that. There's like a, there's a rocket launch control thing. Mm. And there's a big rocket that goes around on the back of like a tracked vehicle and then rises up and fires up into the air. But of course, I'm on the sort of Lego site and there's a bit like adults welcome. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, unlikely to be dodgy being that this is a Lego site. Uh, So I'll go on there. (laughs) So I went on there and... um, when you see adults welcome on the internet. <laughs> yeah, you never know, do you? You never know. Um, <laughs> and I'm so like, don't mind if I do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I've tried to cover up there, but actually I was like, well, hey, but um <laughs> and I'm scrolling down through and there's some awesome stuff, man. There's some awesome. They've got Sweet. Hogwarts Castle, right? Yeah. Like three and a half thousand pieces. It, 350 quid mind but it's absolutely superb so i'm going through and then they have they do have a millennium falcon but that's like 650 pound and so is the, yeah i know and so is the star destroyer i mean it's huge but they had the saturn 5 rocket and oh mate it's so good it's so good it's got um it actually does separate out into the stages. Um, oh, yeah. And the and the book, the instruction book's great because it's got like a couple of pages on the actual Saturn, the, the actual Apollo program. And, oh, uh, nice. Then it's got... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And then it's got a bit about the designers who designed the Lego model and how they sort of came up with it. Um, and then... The Mustang one was like that. It had yeah. loads about the Mustang. I, was, I really enjoyed... Sort of working my way through and have a little fact about the Mustang as I was putting it together. I like that. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and uh, and it's even got like they've they've they said when you when you read the bit about the the designers and the whole thing is scaled based on they made a really tiny lunar lander and they wanted it to fit in the nose cone as it did and yeah. so, the, so the rocket's built around that so the lunar lander fits in there and you've got all the different segments and it's um it's really cool because like i knew that the apollo missions put man on the moon but i definitely know more now from reading that just those little snippets about about the thing mm. um and like i say it it's also it's as tall as joshua yeah, it's huge, isn't it? I saw a picture. Which is just epic. Um, and we had a lot of excitement. The last sort of three days we've been building it in the evenings or in the afternoons. And, uh, yeah, it's been brilliant. It's been great fun. So not quite the standard Hobby Desk content, but it was good. It's good Hobby Desk. I've been eyeing up the uh, Ghostbusters car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what I've been doing lately is uh, I've been following... I followed a hashtag scratch built recently. Oh yeah. And I've been yeah. seeing this really cool. Some of it's 40 K. Some of it's just guys wanting to make little scale models of stuff. And God, I've just been seeing the coolest stuff of people building little like garages and houses and engines and all that stuff. And, uh, I work in a fabrication shop that's in the back of a f- <laughs> It sounds gonna gonna sound funny, but it's a foam factory. <laughs> they 
basically cut up foam for swimming pools and stuff like that. And so you can, it, it is just a literal playground of scratch build terrain material, just laying around everywhere, corrugated cardboard and paper and tubes and all this stuff. And I've got this little cubby at work. I feel like a little pack rat every time I, <laughs> and I just, I have to stop myself from bringing stuff home because, you know, we work with a lot of metal and, and all that. And I'm like, okay, I can't, I'm not going to bring home more than a, a small cardboard box. <laughs> and I, I've just been, I've been pack ratting away uh, terrain materials, um, being inspired by these guys that are making these little houses and stuff. So yeah, it's been fun. Awesome. Be like the, uh, the Johnny cash of scratch building with his, uh, his multi yeah. Chevy. Yeah. One piece <laughs> at a time. One piece exactly. At a time. One of my favorite yeah. songs. I love that. <laughs> my so, favorite bit is when his wife comes out and she's like, what's that? <laughs> yep so i've got one shelf in the hobby desk that it's it's a big shelf but it's like if i can't overload more than this shelf with terrain stuff (laughs) i'm gonna have to start throwing away stuff soon so yeah gotta love a a a terrain um bits box it's amazing what ends up in them amazing what ends up in them Awesome. Should we, we go um, to the Galaxy of War? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Welcome, listeners, to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. Made all the much better by a solid helping of beard so we've got jason with us uh he can stay with us through the whole podcast hopefully if we don't put him to sleep um <laughs> i don't mean like put him down or anything i mean like <laughs> through boredom <laughs> like a bad dog <laughs> um anyway uh yeah we had to put him down. He bit someone. <laughs> we had to put him down. <laughs> so, um, a few things to cover off um, this evening. So, where do you want to start? We, what did we talk about? Oh, the magazine. Yeah. So, um, Hatchet Partworks have um, announced the the next forty k serial magazine. So, um, they did Conquest first. Um, and then Mortal Realms is still running, um, although it's coming towards the end. And now, and now this one's called Imperium. So basically, what it is is um, it is a is a binder collection where you buy the magazine, and the magazine has got one of those kind of magazines that you can tear the pages out; they're kind of glued together, and then you sort of assemble them into a collection that has background. Um, and has how to build the models that you get with the collection, how to paint them, um, and then a bunch of scenarios for you and how to how to play the game, teaches you how to play the game. Um, now, I think the, the I think these are I'm mixed. I'm very mixed opinions about this, but I'm going to share my overview very quickly. Um, I think overall the product you're getting is is pretty awesome, actually. So you're saving 
hundreds of pounds on models, like hundreds of pounds um, for for the collection. So in Conquest, you've got Space Marines and um, Death Guard. Uh, in Mortal Realms, you've got Stormcast and uh, Nighthorn. Um, and in Imperium, the new one, you're going to get what I think is really cool. You're getting a mixed Imperial army of Space Marines, Sisters of Battle and um, Mechanicum. That is and, pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a really good idea, actually. Uh, and that's fighting against um, Necrons. Uh, what I if you if you take aside the fact that if you're already into the hobby and you fancy in, increasing your collection of those two forces, it is a it's a really good way to sort of have a drip feed of those models coming into your door um, once a month. Um, that will bulk up those forces nicely um, for much less than you would pay for them if you were going into the store. You also get a bunch of hobby stuff with them, so like paints, brushes, all that kind of stuff um, comes in various issues. So I think there's a good value there for, um, great value there for people who are already collecting, if if you collect those armies. Um, You can go premium, and they, you get a small sample of a bunch of other armies. So with this one, you would get uh, Chaos, Tau, Orcs, and Tyranids, Tyranids. You get a small collection. So £2 extra initially, you get a small collection of each of those. Um, I think where this really comes into its own, and I've only really kind of grasped how awesome this is as I've got towards episode or issue 50 of Mortal Realms, which I've been buying entirely because I have a Stormcast collection and I have a Nighthawk collection based on the Soul Wars box set. And um, I thought it'd be an awesome way to build those two forces up. And it it has been just that. It's been brilliant. Um, But I've been sort of putting together the magazine collection, mainly so that the kids had something to reference, actually. Mm -hmm. If you're a beginner... This is, without a doubt, in my opinion, the best way to start this hobby. It is, it is without a peer. Um, it is absolutely brilliant. So every week you get a bit of background, mainly about what your what model you're getting on the front of the front in the front of the box, uh, front of the issue, um, and then you get how to build it, and the instructions on how to build it are super clear, really easy to follow. And then you get how to paint it. But how to paint it is done based on the paints that you get with the set. And it is built up over over the series. So to start with, for example, with a Stormcast, it was just, this is how you prime it. And and then this is how you base coat it. We're now on to, this is how you highlight it. So you'd go back and you'd highlight all the the stages of blue, for example, if you've got the blue highlight colour in that issue. Or or red, this, one of the recent issues, you got Wazdaka red and um, Wild Rider red, and it showed you how to highlight red, and then you would go back and highlight your collection. So if you followed it each week and did not like a great amount of hobby, you would end up with two absolutely superb collections uh, of Necrons and and, and Imperium, or in, in the case you know, for the Mortal Realms one, um, Stormcast and, and Nighthorn, that would be painted to a nice standard 
because you'd have followed it through a bit at a time and not been overwhelmed by it. And you've got these scenarios in the back which teach you stage by stage how to play the game. I can't think of a better way to do it. I really can't. I think it's I think it's absolutely the best way to get into the hobby. So if anyone's listening and thinking, or oh, how how would I get my 12-year-old into the hobby? I can't think of a better way. I can't. I really can't. And um and this is uh first issue, just two ninety-nine pounds. Yep. Your first issue, you will receive a Primaris Lieutenant, a Royal Warden, a small mat, six dice, and a ruler. So yeah. I, I don't know why at first glance I thought this was some other... There are just so many other games that run parallel to 40K. I mm-hmm. thought, is this a different game? But it, this is just a it's way full. to drip you into 40K slowly. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Wow. And that that first is issue, a steal. Yeah, that first issue is nearly, is nearly, what, 40 quids worth of model? Oh, easy. That's it's worth say twenty five quid quid for the Primaris, and okay, so let's say fifteen quid for the Necron because they're not normally as expensive. But that's still that's still forty quid's worth of model. And yep. and you know the other thing mentioned that you say you do get like a ruler and you get dice, um, uh-huh. and, you, and you get play mats, the cardboard play mats. But if you were starting into the hobby, but still and, kitchen table, and, you know, and you get scenery. You know, the the, the collection includes scenery. Um, so it really does. By the time you finish, you would have it's uh, it's eighty issues. So over the course of a year and a half, you would have a gaming table um, made of cardboard, but you could glue it down to something. You, know, you could you know flatten it out and make it look pretty nice. Is it is it the cardboard like the ones that you get in the? No, it's much thinner. It, it's oh, like okay. the, it's like the ones you get in the starters kits. Okay, you know it's it's like a play mat rather than a. It would be super awesome if they were the if they were the like um, um, kill zone stuff. That would be, mm. but it's it's not it's not as robust as that. But you know what this uh, reminds me of? You remember back before everything was just right at your fingertips with the internet? You could just go on and order everything. You could go onto Amazon, watch whatever show you wanted to watch. As a kid, I would eat my dinner and then look forward to The Simpsons coming on at seven o'clock at night. It was like that was what I just loved doing that. Yeah. And I'm imagining being a kid now and every, what is it? Every week they send you stuff. They send it once a month. If you, if you once a month, it. even yeah. still, yeah, even still, yeah. it's like, if you can like, I don't know, I, I would love to go back and do it this way. I think it would yeah, be yeah. fun. Absolutely. So, I, it, I, I like the model. So yeah. Now that sounds the, fun. The cons. <laughs> Cause they're, I said I was mixed feelings. So I don't think the price, I think the price is excellent. It's a pound more expensive this time than it was for the previous two. So it used to be $7.99 and now it's $8.99. That's $8.99 a week. Um, so it's the price of a lunch, basically, in this country um, from a Tesco's. <laughs> um, $8.99 yeah. lunch at Tesco's. What are you eating? Just what, a sandwich, packet of crisps. Meal deal, man. Three pound fifty. What are you like? Oh, the meal deal's the crap. No. <laughs> All right. Um, me, 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 lunch at Subway. Subway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what I don't like, and I have struggled with a lot, is that Hatchet Works are are an odd company. So, to start with, I I signed up to it. Um, 
and I hadn't paid a penny because I wasn't I hadn't I'd signed up for like the uh, the pre-release thing they do this weird thing where you, you sign up and then they never send you an issue and then they cancel the order and then you have to re-sign up again and and they did that and then they sent me like two months worth of magazines without me having to pay a penny and I was like but I haven't agreed to do that I only agreed to the st- <laughs> I agreed to the first issue and then they would randomly cancel and restart my order throughout now i have to say they have when i phone them sorted it out every time but with other people they've had real issues um i've read where they've ended up with two or three subscriptions and it's just been completely bizarre about halfway through the collection that i'm on the mortal arms collection they have updated their website and since then it has been a lot easier to understand and see what needs paying but it has been odd has been really really strange um, so they've got some problems to sort out, it sounds like. They have got a few problems to sort out, yeah. But I wouldn't trust doing it the alternative way, which would be to buy it from the uh, the um, news agent. Or oh, whatever. no, that would, no. Because you'd, you'd have to sort of get them to put aside the issue every week, which a lot of news mm. agents would do. They'd order it in for you, and um, and you could put it aside every week. I'd do that, but I would definitely not trust going into Asda and picking it up because there's some of these issues have got an obscene amount of value for for eight quid. You know, you're talking like, like I said, 40 quid worth of stuff. For example, with the Mortal Realms one, one of the issues, the first issue was £2.99 and it had the, a 30 quid set of chain rasp on the front. So people bought like six. <laughs> and then... And then scalped them on eBay, which is just what people do. Isn't that's it? that's always an issue, a problem. It's um, just a bummer. One of the other cool things about this is that there is a unique model. It's a Space Marine Captain. Comes in issue five. There's been similar ones for the other two. Um, it's the only place you'll get it, and it's a very nice model. Actually, they, the last the last one, the Mortal Realms one, was sculpted by. Gareth Nichols is is it's one of the best Stormcast ones, I think. So yeah, there's lot lots of pros to Imperium. And I have to say, if if you're if you're thinking of starting or knowing someone who's starting, I, I honestly can't think of a better way of doing it. I'm really irritated because like I I kind of glanced, I saw that pop up somewhere. I think Ross mentioned it. And then I had a quick look and was like, no, clicked off it. Now you've been talking about it. I'm like, oh. I know. And so just to give you an idea of what you get for the Space Marine set, you get the um, you get the Sisters of Battle box set that we had before, which is a 10 man squad of Sisters of Battle, Penitent Engine, a Sister Superior, um, the Repenture and three or four Sisters Repenture, um, the Archiflagellants, three for Archiflagellants. Um, and I think I saw in there you got the, the squad of the flying ones as well, the seraphims, uh, five seraphims. Are um, the sisters Repentia the ones that have the huge two handed chain swords? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like those models a lot. Um, mm. then you get the recon, get started, getting started for the space, uh, the, the primaris. So the 
uh, infiltrators, 10-man infiltrators, the three sniper dudes, um, the three um, jump pack dudes. Where have you seen all this information? All on the website. <laughs> it's all on the website. Well, what website? I'm on the Hatchet Parkworks website. Yeah, if you go onto the picture at the top, it shows you the contents of the box set. No, all I can see is Disney cross stitch right now. <laughs> no, so go to go to the go to the Imperium website. But it's this is I mean, this is a great example of what you were saying. Yeah. I am on the landing page for Hatchet Partworks and I cannot find information yeah. about what you're talking about. You gotta go if you type in Imperium magazine, it will come up. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you get the you get the Phobos sort of getting started set. Um you get Gilliman. You get no, Cal- you, yeah, get you do. Gilliman. You get Gilliman. You get Calgar and his bodyguard. You get the ATV, the Outriders. Um, oh, the little, you're, the you're selling them. Turret, the little gun turret. Um, you get the uh, uh, one of the Magos, the big tech marine, uh, tech priest Magos, the big one, but that isn't um, isn't the special character one. Uh, and then and you this get is how much a month? A eight ninety nine. No, it's, no, no, no. It's eight ninety nine an issue. Yes, so it works so be, out yeah. at, um, uh, about thirty six pound a month, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, value wise, it's it's just incredible. Yeah, it, it's just good. whether you want to make the commitment of forty quid or your yeah. local equivalent a month. In fact, can you get it outside the UK? You, I think you can. I think you can get the um they've got the other ones outside of the UK. Yeah. So basically just to put give an idea. So if you got everything in there it would come to 1242 pounds but the cost of the magazine collection is 701 pounds. So you're saving 541 quid. It's a good value Which, it's just if is that what you want, you know. But yeah. if you're someone who, who wants to go along for the ride and have it fed in like that, then God, what exactly. a deal. Yeah. What a deal. Yeah. And I'm sure there's things I've missed off of the Imperium side and, and the Necron side is, is the equivalent. It's the equivalent. So it, I think. I guess the other thing to consider as well is like, we did this, we said this with the last two actually. So if the, if the RRP is 1240 quid, you can there are definitely sites doing stuff for like 25 30% off anyway well so, 25 yeah well yeah yeah so but it's pretty interesting though one. yeah it's a pretty interesting model but i think you're looking at it just from the perspective of all persons already collecting and i think you're right you probably could get all of those for, for then you know that price you will save obscene amount on some of the issues and not so much on the others i think where it comes into its own is if you are even remotely a beginner yeah it, and you it, don't have an army and you don't have an army and you don't yeah. know how to play and you don't know how oh, to yeah. play it is streets ahead of any other way to get into the hobby it's like having a store member you know a staff member in your house teaching you how to do it the yeah. only way i can I, see it being i like all the extra info they send to you yeah I think the only way I could see it doing better is if they did um, video content that went alongside it. Hmm. That, would, that could be, the, I think, the only way they could do it better. Um, 
but that would cost a lot of money. So, I mean, that issue one is just insane, isn't it? <laughs> For two ninety nine. <laughs> but that that's the that's the strawberries that are on sale when you come. In oh the store yeah, I know, know, man. You you. I don't think there'll be many of them. I know. I got sucked <laughs> up by the. Um, they did the book collection a few mm. years ago, and uh, if you got all eighty of them, the cover art made like a an awesome piece of art, and it was all books from like when I started out in the hobby. And I was like, "Oh, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that." It's eight hundred pounds worth of books by the time you're done, and wow, you know. There were several times where I was like, "This I shouldn't be doing this," but then I was like, oh, but "I can't stop now because I'll only have half the collection," you yeah. know, or I'll have half the bloody. It's a bit different with this because obviously, unless you like stop in the middle of like, I think in the last one you had like an issue came with half the Primaris Repulsor and something like that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Did you do the last? did the 40k one you did i didn't do the 40k one no and i kind of wish i had done now but um i I did the i did the mortal realms one the the reason i didn't do the the original 40k one was because i wasn't collecting death guard i had no intention of collecting death guard um but with the immortal realms one i i already had a painted nighthorn and painted stormcast army so i figured why not i mean the fact that you get gilliman in this is it's just insane frankly oh look so you get a free set of cutters glue and some kind of oh that's a scrapey tool isn't it yeah then you get a binder and dividers with your third delivery three brushes with your fourth delivery and a painting handle with your fifth delivery art prints with your seventh delivery that's each that's a month of the one delivery is one month isn't it basically so by the seventh delivery, yeah, you've definitely committed. But then, yeah, I guess it's. I mean, it's like you say. I I can't think of a better way to start in the hobby. It's just amazing, amazing. The the paint the step by step painting thing is um, and the and the step by step how to how to play is 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 absolutely brilliant. It's just brilliant. Mm. Mm. So that's pretty awesome. Um, so also cool things, the water guild for Necromunda. Oh, really cool models. Yeah. such a nice, like range. Like there's three dudes, isn't there? There's one that's like really skinny, really different looking from that point of view. There's the kind of over the top ish looking, at, like leader of the band and then you've got the massive suit and oh my goodness like he he's i can't remember what his name the name of it is but basically they like drop into the sumps of like liquid yeah. to like fix stuff i mean that would Sub- be terrifying subnauticans yeah i mean oh my goodness i think it's an ogrin isn't it well I thought that I wasn't sure. I mean, it's big, like an ogre, and I, I said that I said to Chris, oh, "Do you reckon it's like a person in a massive suit, or a big ogre?" Excuse me. What I love about this is with these three is that the ogre or the the big suit 
looks very Imperium, but it definitely looks like they've been getting black market tech from the Tau. <laughs> and then and then the other two definitely look like they've been getting black market tech from the Eldar, um, which I absolutely love about Necromunda is it gives you this like, this insight into the fact that although like the Imperium just despises all all other species, um, like officially, like on the quiet, the, the, all these <laughs> all these high at the top, like hmm, that's an interesting piece of technology. How do you much do you want for that? Um, yeah. Yeah. And the Mechanicum just can't do anything to stop it because um, they couldn't, could they? If you think about it, there's no way they could monitor everything. So I, that's what I, one of the things I love about them. That suit, the big suit, is absolutely brilliant. Mm. I like the idea that, so I read about this somewhere. I think it might have been in House of Blades, possibly. But you know the guy, uh, not the leader or the suit, the other one? Yeah. He's got a staff, and it says something like, in the article it says, like, the rumours are that it can drain the water out of people. Oh, yeah. and that's like literally what what they do to get water sometimes i spit like that that lady from aquaman i haven't seen aquaman yeah one of the uh one of the other members of the royal family can like just control water um he he can talk to water animals he doesn't he can't control water like she can but she draws can draw water out of people so she doesn't use it as a weapon. I, I did think when I was watching it that it, that could be fairly sinister if she fancied using it in the wrong way. <laughs> Just dehydrate someone in a in a snap, snap of a finger. I do love Necromunda. I really do. I'm a little bit afraid to read any further into it. Otherwise, I'm going to start collecting another army. <laughs> the thing is, it would suit you so much, man, because you get all the like individuals. You can really personalize it up as well. Yeah. Um. Really cool. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you should do Orlock. You should do a big hairy gang of Orlocks with massive, great big beards. In fact, I'm going to do it before you. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how I'm going to do my Orlock now. They're all going to be like Fenrisian bikers. They're going. <laughs> you should do bearded Escher. <laughs> bearded Delac I'm, would look quite weird. I'm down to do bearded anything. I'm putting beards on orcs. <laughs> Yes, this is true. <laughs> yeah, I love, I do, I do like them, and it's nice to see the guild. Nice to see mm. the guild coming in. Um, That's the first guild, isn't it? That we've got. I think, I think so. Yeah. Unless you count the corpse grinders. Yeah, but they're not really so, a guild; more a gang of loonies. Hmm. It's a bit disturbing that a gang of chaos worshippers is basically providing the food for the whole. Mm. well yeah no <laughs> that's they're, they're the the chaos ones are the ones that have kind of been sent a bit wild by this idea that their day job is blending up their mates into a paste to feed the rest of the yeah. hive which to be fair to them it's pretty wrong isn't it <laughs> yeah that would that would muck you up a bit wouldn't it so yeah you don't want that what was the other thing there was one other thing Oh, Dark Eldar Codex, talking about weird and 
Yeah. Mm. So the rumour is that the, it's going to be the Drakari Codex for the end of the month, which is quite exciting. We were talking about it'd be nice to see a, a couple of models to go along with it. Yeah. Maybe a character or two. Yeah. I don't know that we will, if I'm honest. Um, no. Because I, I can't remember seeing anything like Rumour Engine or anything around Dark Eldar models. Um, I'm kind of a lot out of sync with the Rumour Engine, to be honest. Cult of Paint, annoyingly, did um, a really good sort of how-to army painting guide for three different schemes of Dark Eldar. Um, I only say annoyingly because, like, it just... I you just wouldn't need much convincing, would you? No, because <laughs> they were, like, the first army I did, Dark Eldar, and it would be great to revisit them. And they, it, they do some really good, like, Zenith stuff and pin washing and and come up with it looks really ace by the end and i was like oh i just i just buy i'll just get i'll just get one box of them to try that's what i'll do i reckon and there'll be the army you're not collecting and there'll be another army yeah another game another army i'm not collecting obviously so (laughs) (laughs) one box that would be cool though to just sort of do a couple and Tie yourself back to your roots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't you start. Sorry, man. <laughs> That's not helpful, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. <laughs> that would be ace. Shall so, we yeah. um shall we head on over into the mortal realms then? I think we shall. I think we shall. Excellent. All right, welcome to the Mortal Realms. Um, after an, a somewhat epic Mortal Realms last time, which went on for an hour, um, we haven't had anything in the last two weeks. Well, really. well, we've not well, had a lot. We've had there's another uh, right Broken five. Realms fiction. Yeah, there's another broken, broken Realms. Did you read it? I haven't read it. No, I haven't read it yet, actually. <laughs> so that's like a no-go. I don't know no. why I brought it up. But um, I know Chris was saying to me, it's like proper dark. I think what he said was, um, that is proof that order doesn't necessarily mean good. <laughs> no, no. So, yeah, that's going to be worth a little read. That's one of the things I took away from um, that uh, Inquisitor book that I listened to the audio book. Um, oh, Callus and Toll. Callus and Toll, yeah, yeah. That that Inquisitor was not. He was good. If he was on the side of order, but how he got there was sometimes a little bit suspicious. Dubious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um. Yeah. So we've had, we've had the we've got the new model Monday, which I really really like. Um. So every Monday they're going to show us a new model. Um, which I think is awesome, and I think that yeah, and apparently be... it could be like anything, yeah, from any um, of the games. So Monday we had uh, Rat Vampire, so a vampire who, a guy who was almost killed by a vampire and chucked into 
somewhere and hid in the hid in a corpse cart with rats on it. <laughs> and uh and because he was nearly killed by the vampire actually became a vampire, but now wears a rat cloak and um and he's got he's got this cape with little rat tails sticking out the back. It's really quite horrible. It's quite um, cool, isn't it? It's like he's got like a really imperious look going on. Yeah. Like vampire rat style icon. It's Kritza, the rat prince. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at him now. Wow. Ooh, God, his cloak with the tails. Ooh. It's real creepy, isn't it? So creepy. The Apparently, cloak is pretty sweet, though. He can turn himself into a swarm of rats. Yeah, that's his thing. Um, so he could hide pretty much anywhere in <laughs> mortal realms, could he? Um, I wonder if he's got a relationship with Skaven. That's what I thought when I first saw it. Surely, right? Do you think so? I don't... They might hate him, though, as like a blasphemy against the horned rat. That's true. That's true. Uh, What I'm interested in is, what is he for? I'm assuming that we're going to see... Well, the implication is soon that we're going to see some form of vampire book, I think. Is my feeling. You just need to ask Dan Wosley. So he basically wrote a list of what he thought we were going to see on that review last time. And it pretty much, I think it was one thing that he said that didn't come up. So he's clearly got his finger in loads of AOS pies. So you just, just, just ask him. He'll tell you. I bet. He'll be like, yeah, it'll be this. Yeah. It's going to be sold like vampires. It's all good. Yeah, that's what I think we're going to get. Va- I mean, they're vampires, so one would guess it's going to be vampires. I also think we're going to have a death rattle book, though. Do you? Yeah, I do. Because they were talking about that with the that death rattle um, lord in the preview. They said there was going to be loads of models, other models. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, you were right. Actually, yeah, I remember that when they, when they showed the um, the white king. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, they're going to see a lot of death this year, which would be cool because um, I think... <laughs> In any other really... setting, that would be the worst sentence. I think we're going to see a lot of death this year and that'll be cool. <laughs> yeah. It's a great fact. Especially though. coming from a GP. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's a great faction, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it is a great faction. Yeah. Um, so other than that, I don't think we've seen much, but I, I was very lucky enough to pick up um, or get my hands on the original Warhammer Armies book. By What I love about it is it's written by Nigel Stillman and Friends. It actually says that on the front. <laughs> this is great. Um, so this is the original Armies book from um, for Warhammer. And what's... We've been having a look at the artwork, haven't we? And it's just amazing. Yeah. Um, so good. <laughs> some of it is so bad, but it's, it's kind of inversely becomes good because <laughs> of how bad it is. Um, but this, what what I've enjoyed doing is is seeing where things kind of started from. So, um, for example, a ball rider, um, orc ball rider, was called a grunter, which is clearly why... The Gore Grunters came from, for example. Um, 
but it's it's really it's really really cool it's um, great looking back at things like that um i think and it's it's quite can be quite inspirational yeah um, absolutely i guess one of the things i looking at this um was looking at the high elf section um and i was really taken by the high elf section actually apart from whoever previously owned this is coloured in the eyes on all of the elves <laughs> um, in this drawing. Which, um, what colour? I've only just noticed. With a biro. Outrageous. Um, so they've ruined the picture. But, like, they're drawn in a kind of quasi-realistic way. So their armour just looks like fine chainmail. Whereas nowadays, elves are painted to look like... Um, super shiny and bright whereas actually mm. you know what the elf spearman on here just looks like he's wearing sort of a, a dark age suit of long mail like the normans would have worn with a big round shield and a tall kind of leaf spear with a like a, a pointy helmet that looks more like um you know the babylonians and it does like a high elf helmet and yet all together that looks really that look, he clearly looks like a high elf and it's where they got like the high elf design from but i was looking at it and thinking actually it would be quite cool to paint high elves in a more kind of normal looking way rather than go for like the the brighter kind of almost luminescent look mm. it'd be quite cool to paint them you know, in the in a way that made them look realistic. Um, I always quite like the fact that there was a, the high elves used to have war dancers, which <laughs> I really liked. Yeah, but they're all they're kind of all the unit names in here are, uh, are exactly the same. So the sil- the silver helms um, are in here. The ships' companies obviously now have become the Lothan Sea Guard. Um, Seekers, the Empire, I absolutely love because um, you could not recognize any of this. The only one in here that I recognized was the Reichsguard. Um, but let, let's see if you let's see if you can work out what these units are. So, um, Armbrust Schuxton, Schuxton, handgunners, crossbowmen. <laughs> Uh, Ursat Solder. Oh, great swords. No idea, but they're, they're, yeah, it's a swordsman by the look of it. You might be able to get this one. Hell Blitzen. A blaster. A halberdier. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, Hohen Skets Sknextes. Connect. <laughs> no idea, dude. It's a knight on horseback. <laughs> <laughs> Hack boots scoots den. It's <laughs> great, isn't it? <laughs> um, that, that's the a handgun. Yeah, it's a handgunner. Oh, this one's this one you should be able to get the Reich's Cannon Battery in. Las cannons. <laughs> the, yeah, the cannon batteries. And the uh fledglers, fledglers, which are the flagellants. So yeah, basically just I think they've got the names and, and turned them into German. Um what's cool looking at people's armies is uh they just look like they've gone 
to historical ranges and just bought like historical halberdiers and stuck them together and and that's that's their empire army. Well, they um, probably have. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Start somewhere. And the same for the Bretonians. I love the Bretonians. Yeah, all over the old world, knights look to the Bretonians as a model of chivalry and knightly virtue. Virtue. Indeed, it's universally accepted that the Knights of Bretonia represent the pinnacle of the warrior ideal. It's great, isn't it? Absolutely great. The Norse are in here too. Um, I really like the uh, the mercenary section in here. So it's where you get all the, the smaller stuff. So um, the Kislevites are in there. Um, the uh, Fimirs are in here. Uh, this, this is all kind of the mercenary sections. The Norse are in here. The Norse dwarves, um, which is where I found that a couple of got a couple of Norse dwarf models that I didn't realise were Norse dwarves. Pygmies, don't see them anymore. So it's, it's a real kind of gem actually of um, of, uh, of of old old hammer. It's um, what I really like is through a lot of it you get these these banners. Pictures of the banners. I'll show you a picture. Oh, there, it's just coming to pieces completely now. So, pictures of the banners, and um, I'm really tempted to use them in my armies now. Yeah, go for it. Because I think um, I love using old, like old stuff reimagined. Is uh, it's one of my favourite things to do. Oh yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. That's my, that's been the little hobby. And what I'm going to do, I think, is post little bits of it, photographs of it, um, on our social media over the course of the next couple of weeks. That's a good idea. Little snippets for for people. Yeah, um, please do. I love seeing that stuff because I I just think it's um it's really cool to see where things came from. Um, I think it's really cool. So yeah, that's that's. It's a little little bit that's not 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 mortal realms, but it is warm fantasy. Yeah, it's interesting yeah, if because you, if sorry, you integrated some. Oh, sorry about that. If I was going to say, if you integrated some of the uh, the banners and stuff into your current army or whatever, post some. Uh, you know, this is where it came from. You know, yeah. part of the story or something. That'd be really cool. There's a there's a really good orc banner um, that I was going to. The snotling pump wagons in here. I still can't get over that guy's color, the previous owner's coloured in their eyes. That's just sacrilege. <laughs> oh, where's where's that orc banner? Oh, here, here we go. Rage. I'm not going to be able to find it now. Oh, here we go. Your doom cometh, man, things. <laughs> Spelt backwards. It's really quite fun. <laughs> that is good. It's... um. Oh, it's great at the moment. I'm I'm really enjoying the snippets of old world. Um, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, because it was doing the Warmaster stuff, and it kind of got my uh, got me thinking about it. Um, but I, I really feel like more than ever, like now is a good time. Like I think Age of Sigmar has been around long enough to establish itself real well and yeah. be a game 
and the background in its own right that's fantastic and actually yeah. there's room now as well to have the old world without them diluting each other yeah agreed yeah completely agree there's some um, there's so much there's so much in there that they could that, well they there's so much of the old world that, that they could use and making a really cool game and um and bring back to life from these really old books that just haven't been used. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of it got dropped, dropped once. I mean, a pygmy army might be slightly a, a bit um, risque at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's great. It's what's really cool to see pictures of, throughout this book has got pictures of some like real famous names like Dave Andrews and um, Ansel. Um, you know, with their armies, um, Pete Taylor, you know, g- guys that names that I grew up with, you know, listen, you know, reading the stuff. Um, Kevin Adams with their armies, and they all look young, they look like younger than us. <laughs> yeah, and now when you see photographs of them, they look at old, looking old. There we go. So unless anyone's got anything else to talk about in this section, we should probably go Yeah, on. like you say, it's like a, it's sort of, now it's kind of waiting to see, it'd be interesting to see what goes up on pre-order, or not pre-order, but what c- comes up as is going to be on pre-order yeah. tomorrow um, to see what the next step, step is. I, I wonder how far, I can't imagine that the, um quest game is that far away no we've seen so uh, much of it now um, i don't really want to get into a conversation on price again but having seen the price of prior the prior nexus i'm now somewhat terrified about how much that quest box is going to be but um i'm going to remain optimistic <laughs> oh yeah, it's be fun. you never know it's full of dudes it's all good yeah, better than, <laughs> better than 12 models. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> right. Okie dokie. Come on then, before you go down that rabbit hole, <laughs> let's go and take us into the community section. glorious community thank you for staying with us all the way to this point i've managed to free up enough space on the computer um by deleting all of the space wolf content um to allow us <laughs> to carry on um heretic so, yeah oh yeah well yeah obviously <laughs> of course um so uh we were gonna well i'm probably gonna get ben to quiz Jason because he'll know what he's talking about with green stuff whereas I'll be like so it's screen um so yeah we're going to quiz J- Jason a bit on his sculpting because it's also um Ben and, and, ask and some cool about, questions and talk about your uh, your YouTube videos yeah because sure, um, yeah I um I've always kind of danced around the edges of green stuff I suppose is the way to put so done loads of conversions throughout 
my hobby time and done a bit of green stuff in here and there normally gap filling some cloaks on black templars that kind of stuff but and some really bad fur um but it wasn't until i watched your videos uh that it it was kind of like a light bulb moment where your process comes across so well in your videos about how you do things in a step-by-step really kind of methodical sensible way that it was like ah that's how you do it (laughs) rather than smushing it all on at once and trying to trying to sculpt a shape out of a blob Uh, particularly with the wolf tooth necklaces that was um that was gold dust yeah real gold yeah yeah when i started posting on instagram uh i really had no plans at all of coming up with any kind of tutorial or making a YouTube channel or anything like that. And uh, I had been lurking on Reddit for a while, just on the 40K community and looking at all the cool work. And and then uh, I posted a few things, but I'm like, you know, maybe I'll kick around the idea of start start posting on Instagram. Like you use it as a tool to not just promote myself, but kind of help myself be motivated to continue working on what i'm doing yeah and the more i posted it seemed like i was just getting hammered with messages of you've got to do a tutorial for beards you've got to do a tutorial for like how did you do that necklace how did you do that that cloak or whatever and um in in my mind like as i'm working on them i just think well this is just how i how i do it it just seems easy for me how can i how can I make this easy for you? Because yeah. I feel like it should be. And uh, eventually I just, I did it out of, I wanted to help people see how easy it can be. You don't need a sculpting background and, you know, it, it doesn't have to be complicated. So that's exactly what I did. I just, I just sat down and hit record and it, it kind of just worked. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I had been, um, or I did a little freelance work as an editor for video and everything. And I'm like, Oh God, this is the last thing I want to do is, is get, cause I did not enjoy editing videos. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just wanted to do a stream of conscious, just sit down, hit record, make it 20 to 30 minutes long and just show someone my exact process of what I do. And I'm glad it comes across as easy. Um, so yeah, just, mix it good and use a toothpick and spit <laughs> yeah but I mean, don't eat it <laughs> don't eat it <laughs> i've noticed like oh. looking at the pictures that it, now this is going to re- probably sound really noob question but there's like almost two distinct types of green like you've got like the darker green green stuff yeah it's like a lighter yellowy color is there a significance to that absolutely um and I'll I'll give uh, I'll give my buddy a shout out again. I I was talking to Ben earlier in the week about my friend Ralph. Um, he's a a Reddit user I found called Ralph King Griffin, and his Instagram is uh, Ralph the Reasonable. And he's the <laughs> one who I who kind of inspired me to do the beards that I do. And my, kind of his process is where I looked to evolve my process i was doing a beard first and then a mustache on top and i was getting this and i was doing just the two-part yellow to green and it 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 was mixing up like every other green stuff you see where it's just that dark green 
Um, and I noticed when I was looking at his stuff, it, all of his beards were very light colored. They almost looked yellow. And I was mm. like, I asked him, I sent him a message. I was like, why are your beards this color? Like, is it the lighting? He goes, no, I add a lot more yellow than I do blue because the blue is the hardener. And yeah, it'll take a little bit longer to cure, but that's a good thing. It, you're going to get more work time and it's going to be a lot softer when you're working with it. And when you first start working with green stuff, you're going to, one of the most frustrating things out the gate is how sticky it is, but they're like, Oh, it just sticks to everything. It sticks to my tools. Except when you, make, you want it to. <laughs> yeah, it sticks to everything, but what you want it to exactly. Um, but there's a, definitely a dance with uh, using your keeping your tools wet and what lubrication you're using with it. Uh, that's a big reason why I don't use Vaseline or oil when I'm mixing my green stuff. Sorry. I'm, I guess I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here, but the, no, no, uh, no, no, definitely not. Yeah. The, um, the color difference is for malleability and the softer something is like, if you're working with a really soft clay, you can make a lot more organic looking flowier shapes with that. Mm. Um, and so if you mix your green stuff up with a lot more yellow than blue, it's going to be a lot softer when you push your tool through it, it's going to be, it's going to flow a lot easier. And I feel that lends itself to a much more organic look. Mm. Um, something like hard edged um, armor, or actually even I do fur with a straight one-to-one -one ratio. Like all my fur you'll see is a darker green because I I'll start out using the green stuff world fur plate as a press mold for, mm. for fur. Um, not in all cases, there's some models where I need to blend the fur into a plastic model that already has fur on it. And let's say the fur plate doesn't match up with the plastic models fur, then you have to go in there and sculpt it by hand, which, you know, you, that's just another process. But I find that if you mix the green stuff, if you're using a press mold, mixing it just plain Jane one-to-one -one ratio is, is usually better because you're, you want it to kind of stiffen up hard and, and, mm. you know, circumvent that. So, so yeah, that's why I mix it differently for the application. Um, cool. Yeah. I did kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, some people using oil and Vaseline yeah. and there's kind of two schools of thought with that. I've talked to uh, what's, what's his name. I want to give him a little shout. Uh, sorry. That's all right. Death, death by many, I think. Yes, death by many. Um, he's writing an article pretty soon for uh, twenty eight mag, which is cool. But yeah, he's he does great work. Check him out on Instagram at death by many. But uh, he swears by Vaseline with his green stuff, and I've seen a lot of guys sculpt with with coconut oil or Vaseline. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with using water or spit or whatever. I mean, don't eat the green stuff or lick it, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but the reason I use water is because I like it. I don't like to screw around with it, not sticking to the mini, you know what I mean? If you get a little bit of Vaseline or oil in between the green stuff and the mini, to mm, me it's game over it yeah. won't stick and then it's not the end of the world you get a little soapy water wash it off and you can start over 
But there's also another step that you have to do before you prime. You have to make sure you get all the, the oil off or your primer is not going to stick. I just, I don't like to mess with that. And I also like to do um, layers of green stuff, especially when you're doing fur and blending and stuff like that. Um, if you have a layer of oil on it and you want to put more green stuff on top of that, then you have to wait for it to cure. Uh and then wash it. And then you, you've got a brush with your soapy water and you got to clean the oil off. Then you can sculpt more on top. So it'll stick. I just like to circumvent all that. Just use water and, and I can just sit there and sculpt over layer over layer and not worry about it. So that's just my method. Um, but yeah, you can do whatever works for you. So, yeah. Have you got like a set of random implements that you've gathered up over the years for or not over the years but over the time you've been doing it for sculpting or is it just like your standard sculpting yeah tool? i definitely have my um uh, my favorite tools that i use um i have uh cocktail sticks are my absolute favorite um and they're just, they just look like little toothpicks um i've tried sculpting with metal tools uh and it sticks really bad for me because I use water and water doesn't like to stick to metal. It'll just beat up and fall off. And, mm. but they're uh, toothpicks or co uh, cocktail sticks are co commonly made out of cottonwood, which is a really light porous wood, very soft wood, which holds moisture really well. And mm. I think that has a lot to do with why water and spit work so good for me over using a metal tool is because that uh that cocktail stick will hold the moisture and i can sculpt with it longer before i have to re resaturate it and i'll keep a little piece of sandpaper just like 220 grit sandpaper a square of it on my desk and when my uh because your your cocktail stick or um toothpick will dull out and once it gets saturated it starts to get uh uh I guess dull and I'll just take it and smush it around on the sandpaper and resharpen it. You can only do that so many times before it ends up just kind of falling apart, but it's a toothpick. They're a dime a dozen. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I do think that there's something to using wood for organic sculpting. That's almost an advantage, at least for me. It, like I've just, I've tried using, but at the same time, I've, I've talked to guys, uh, I can't remember the, his name, Prey, P-R, yeah, Prey 018, P-R-A-E 018, um, has the best fur I've ever seen. And he uses a hobby knife, just a regular X-Acto blade to sculpt his fur. And it is just incredible looking. Um but yeah, and he does a completely different method than me, but you know, it's just whatever works. So I just, yeah. Yeah. I was just um, going to say he, I was looking there cause he, um, he's done like a, I presume it's a space wolf dude with yeah. a sword pointed down. Yeah. Just look at that fur though. I know it's, it's very fine, isn't it? It's uh he's just got a really nice layered look going to it. And um, yeah, it's just fantastic. I was yeah. actually going to suggest that to, to you, Ben, you talked about a cloak 
um, that you were doing where you wanted chunkier fur on top. Yeah. He does kind of the method. If you scroll down, he did a big redemptor where he does chunkier fur on one side and then like finer fur on the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of, kind of that, that look, but, but yeah, my favorite tool is a, a toothpick. And then I have a few smaller metal tools just for like doing hard edge stuff and, but nothing crazy. Like, Oh, I guess I do use a few color shapers or clay shapers that are, um, yeah. what are they? Like an extra firm flat chisel is probably my favorite mm-hmm. um, for doing hard edged armor. Or if I need to like redo a hand guard or an elbow pad or something like that to, to yeah. bend an arm, I'll use a color shaper. So, yeah. They, they were a light bulb moment for me for armor plates, color shapers. Yeah. So much better than, uh, than a, unforgiving surface like a metal tool they just yeah they just smooth things out in a much more like sensible way mm-hmm. yeah you can even use those if you're if you're wanting to do a blend um up into existing armor mm. you know so that's where that's where those come in but yeah and they're great for saving your ass if you put a fingerprint in something Oh, that's another it, thing with green stuff that, that uh, people really, um, and I've, I've been, uh, oh, who is it? Thunderwolfen. Yeah. He's pretty popular. He does amazing flowing straps that are all over his guys as soul hunters. Yeah. And, uh, the, the Logan Grimnar I did recently, um, I used a little bit of his method where he uses a wet brush a wet paintbrush to handle his green stuff um which is brilliant because there's no risk of uh putting fingerprints in it and when you're using a tool a sculpting tool you're making a deliberate mark in it but with a brush with a paintbrush you get a really soft flowing motion to it and you can just like if you if you roll yourself out a really thin uh slab of green stuff cut it out and lay it on a model and just start pushing it around with a wet brush. It ends up just looking amazing <laughs> because yeah. with a tool, you have to be really skilled with a tool to make creases and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. And, and, and every mark you're putting into it as a deliberate mark by a human being is holding a tool and is like pushing into it. And it's like, okay, well, I see that you made a mark there. You know, and th- and that, to me, when you see when you can recognize that, it takes you out of the environment of the many. Yeah. But if you can yeah, sell it to yeah. someone like it's like it's flowing because of wind, not because of a tool mark, that's where stuff like a wet paintbrush can come in handy. Where it's like that motion that you're putting into it is a lot easier because it's not a sharp, acute, you know, force being pushed on it. It's a you're gradually pushing it with wet bristles. So it wants to flow naturally. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That was kind of a new tool in the, a new tool in the, in the toolbox, so to speak. So, yeah. You're making me want to pick it up and have a go now. <laughs> well, that's yeah, the, man. It's, that's the thing, you know, one of the things I, I was going to say to you is, um, is that I, I definitely notice because I, I, I do keep a finger on the space wolf pulse a little bit. Not, not, not the rules side of things, but certainly the modeling side of things. And when you came along and did those videos, there was an, there was an explosion of people having a go because I think it must have been like a dozen or so people did it. 
And then yeah. everyone would be like, oh, how did you do that? And they were all like, oh, I just watched this video. And then it just sort of spread. You could watch it ripple out. And it, 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 the, it, the bottom line is you just got to have a go. What, well, I would say if someone wants to do beards or hair or or fur, watch your video and have a go. Because th- there's a point that you made that I think is is worth its weight in gold. If you don't like it, let it dry, peel, the, peel it off, do it again. It's, you're not, you yes. haven't lost anything. You haven't lost anything other than gained practice. It, so. That's exactly right. It, that's the beauty of green stuff. Is like the the moment you don't like it, just set it aside, let it cure, pop it off, and start another model, or just you know peel it right off. It's great. So yeah. you're never ruining anything <laughs> with green stuff. And people so say you're that only, I, you're they only say, oh, I don't want to ruin my model, and I'm like, well, you're not. It, you're right. You can just peel it off and have another go. You're not. You're never going to ruin it. You're yep. just going to get better at doing it. <laughs> Basically. Yep. And one question I get a lot that I think would be important to shout out is um, people ask, how much of it am I gluing on? Mm. And I think it's important to understand if you're sculpting anything on a surface that can grasp itself, like has any kind of an undercut, like if you're making hair, that's all around a round head and it's tied into a beard that's underneath the, the armor, uh, you know, like the shoulder plates and stuff like none of that's coming off unless you really want it off. Um, so just sculpt it on there. Uh, you know, as long as there's no, uh, oil or solvents or anything under in between the green stuff and the, in the plastic that's going to stick, you know, so just, just leave it be. The only time I ever glue any kind of green stuff is if I'm doing a a cloak on the side of a big tank, you know, if you have a big surface area and you do a, you know, any kind of sculpting where it doesn't have anything to grab onto, you know what I mean? Um, Then I've done uh, a cloak on the side of a tank, sculpt it, let it cure. And then you can just pop it off the next day, put a dab of glue on it, put it right back in. And it's, it's like, it was made for it right there. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's. uh... Sometimes if I can't get something to stick um, rather than losing my temper with it, I I do put a little, a little blob of super glue on it. And then uh, Mm. like sometimes with a strap, for example, if I just can't get it to bite, and I know that if I push too hard on it, I'm just going to ruin the strap. I I put a little blob of little blob of super glue on, and then I can um, not lose my temper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another advantage of using water is the longer you work with it and let it set, the more of that water is going to evaporate, and the green stuff will inherently become sticky. Mm. I've had instances where I've put the ball of green stuff on the top of a bald head. And I'm, my plans were to create a hairline and start to sculpt hair, right? Well, mm. you get the hairline going, you start to sculpt the hair, and then you realize, oh, a bunch of water has gotten in between the green stuff and the plastic, and therefore it's not sticking. Like, no matter what you do, it's just not sticking. And if you just wait just even five minutes, just set it aside, or maybe just blow on it a little bit, and then just sculpt on another part of the model that water will evaporate out of there and it'll just get sticky in there and you don't have to like pop it off and try again. Like just, just be patient. Like that's the biggest thing with green stuff. It's just be patient, 
and keep working with it and and you'll start to understand its properties and what you can and can't get away with um that kind of stuff so yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> I, I think that's one something i took away from your videos that like i was saying about the the, the the tooth necklaces for example your process doing one step at a time and being patient and and i think in one of them you mentioned having several on the go at once like maybe two or three where you do, yeah. do the strap on one and the teeth and then you'd you move on to the other two and then you come back and do the little loops you know when it was all dry yeah that, that to me again was just like a revelation because i was so impatient with the way i hobby that I'd be, I'd sculpt all over the model, and then I'd be putting my finger on the bit on the back, and I'd just be losing my temper, and I'd just oh the oh my god, the amount of times I've, <laughs> I, I do the exact same thing, man. I will make a beard, do a hair, you know, pelt. I'm like ah, oh, I'm I'm in, I'm in a groove right now. I'm gonna do uh, do some wolf teeth on the on the the knee pad, and I'll start going at it. And all the while, my thumb is just pressing into the beard or whatever <laughs> and i'm like oh you, you pull it <laughs> you pull it out and there's a big thumbprint in it and it's like well i guess i'll just do it again you know <laughs> yeah but yeah it, patience is everything especially when you're doing really tiny little stuff uh just think about what is going to be a hard edge what's going to be organic what can how is that going to react with each other like if you're doing a strap that's going to have teeth hanging off of it Maybe just do all straps one night, let them cure. And then when you do the teeth and the little other, like then have all your teeth ready, like, you know, sculpt all those out, let them cure. Teeth are hard. You don't want them to be soft when you're screwing around with uh, sculpting them. So, or not sculpting, but uh, applying them to the model and changing their shape. You don't want them to look like clay. You want them to look like hard bone. So, you know, just think about, how it's going to react with you know putting it on there and make a plan is yeah. is what i my advice would be for that so yeah awesome yeah and so so what's your what's your uh your future plans for the youtube are you going to do any more videos or i'd love to do more videos um because i I've, I've been pressed for time lately. Um, but the way I mentioned earlier, the way in which I do videos is very off the cuff. Um, yeah. you know, just sit down for a half an hour and just talk. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd love to do some, ad, some advanced stuff or like a part two. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, nothing that I'm teaching in those videos is, is wrong but there's a lot of stuff that i do differently now just because i've learned and i've changed my methods so mm. i think it'd be cool to update some of them with um with new methods like the straps for instance um in those i put them together with patience and a toothpick and now i think i would use a brush like that wet paintbrush method like i was telling you you know maybe let them set up a little or maybe i wouldn't let them set up a bit because i I don't have to worry about mucking them up with the uh, application because I'm using a wet brush instead of a toothpick, which is a hard surface, like that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And there's just different, um, different ways that I'm exp that I explain things now uh, compared to what I did in the videos. I think creating an analogy to help people understand is important. Um, 
like I'll give you one with uh, with hair. If you think about icing on a cake and you run your finger through the top of the icing and you make a line, you've got this kind of clumsy uh, smear, but but yet both sides you're creating like your own little crater, right? Or not crater, but like a ditch. Well, you do another line right next to that icing. And then all of a sudden the first line gets pushed over a little bit. You do a third and they start all start pushing in together. And each line you're making is sort of affecting and influencing the other lines and creating a more organic look. Yeah. So you're not, you're almost sculpting by proxy. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like each individual line, you're making a plan. And then before you know it, you're not planning and you're just going with the flow and you're just, you look at like before I would look at a, a lump of green stuff that's smashed on a face and think like, God, how am I going to make this look cool? <laughs> and, uh, and now because I've done it so much, you, you start to form like a, they, it just forms in front of you before you're doing it, where you, once you make a few lines, then you understand, Oh, okay. Well, if I move, if I make a line next to this line, it's going to make this line look even cooler. So you just keep going with it. And then you start to see, okay, I've got the texture part down, but now I'll start looking at the composition. And like, that's another thing that I feel like people should also keep in mind when they're making organic shapes, like the silhouette of the model, or how is this going to lay on the armor? Um, maybe don't even think about the texture at all and, and work on that later and just like get the shape that you want on there first and then start coming in with the texture. Or when you're done with the texture and you've moved that shape all around, maybe you need to let it cure and then you come back in and alter that shape and change it into whatever you want to. I've yeah. had that happen where it happens with me a lot with hair because you're moving so much surface area that you'll end up you initially put the green stuff on in the shape that you want but then by the time you get the texture you want it's moved over in a completely wrong direction and it looks fantastic but the texture looks fantastic but maybe it doesn't have the composition that you want on the model maybe it doesn't cut the same figure that you want so you just let it cure and put more green stuff on top of it and fill that space out so yeah. that's another thing you can do so yeah yeah i think um i think that would be nice I, I i would strongly advocate you not getting rid of the old ones so that um with the youtube video sorry so that oh no, know, yeah. with your new descriptions as well as your old descriptions i think you know you've then got two different ways of approaching something and some people will get some people will yeah. get one way and some people will get another way yeah yep yeah. yep it, the more like th there's not one way of explaining how to sculpt something there's a million no. ways of there's a million ways of explaining it and there's a million ways of sculpting it and uh, you yeah. know not one man can't cover them all and it's no. that's what's so great about the the community at least on instagram that i've i've discovered once i started posting is there's just so many ways to skin a cat and uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so to speak and it's just it's just so great to be able to talk with people on there and it's been a really positive experience. So it's great. But yeah, I definitely plan on making more videos. Um, I've been doing some commission work, uh, 
and I don't know. It, it, it's been fun, but I guess my goal, I think it would be really cool to be able to have a library of models or units or something where it's like, maybe I have a website or something where someone can go and just buy an eradicator or whatever. Um, where it's like, I'm not tethered to, uh, you know, a contract or a commission yeah. or something. I'm just, I'm making a piece and then putting it up, but I don't know. It's, it's hard to let stuff go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know, but right now it's just for fun and I really do enjoy teaching and seeing growth in other people. So it really means it, it made me feel amazing to see all of the tags of, Oh, I watched Fabian's tutorial and I made these beards and so many people send me pictures of their armies and their guys through the messages and, like I couldn't do this without watching your video. And it's, it's just so cool to see the growth in in the community and people and stuff. It's awesome. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm glad people, <laughs> I'm glad people tag you in it so that you, so that you're aware of just like how much of an impact it's had. Cause like I said, I, it really, it was noticeable, you know, it was like a, like a real clear ripple. Um, I just followed it right the way back to your your account. You know? Yeah, the, the beard the beard ripple. The beard ripple, yeah, 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 yeah. And the beard fabricator is absolutely yeah. the best. <laughs> it's just great, awesome. Yeah, well, I absolutely look forward to seeing any more videos you have come in because um, uh, they help me an awful lot. And there's surprisingly few sculpting tutorial videos out there really um you know I, i've always found that when when people when i go to search for how, you know, how to sculpt anything there, there's very few videos out there on it and um there's a there's a few old pdfs and there's an old kind of sculpting pdf that's been kicking around for a long time that keeps coming up when you search it but i'd, I'd love i'd love to see like you create a collection of how to sculpt a space wolf here it is. Yeah. Life in the ground. Definitely. <laughs> I'd love to to branch out and even try to do more scratch built stuff. Like maybe try to sculpt one completely from scratch without kit bashing at all. Um, maybe use a, a polymer clay or something like an oven bake stuff and then, yeah. and then casting it or something. But yeah, I, I definitely think there's something to uh, having several like for instance, using a fur plate as, uh, for the pelts. Yeah. It's just fast, easy. It, it gets you right exactly where you want to be. It's a shortcut, but why not use a tool, you know, but then yeah. maybe do another video of, of, uh, doing it completely from scratch. Um, yeah. it's just, there's so many, it's like, what kind of level do you want to take it to? Um, so I'd, I'd love to be able to, to kind of just help, just help out. <laughs> well, the thing so. about the fur plate is, um, I mean, I, I kind of do both. I, I use, I do sculpt my fur from scratch, but when, when you showed how you do it with the fur plate, the, from that moment on, I was like, I'm so much, I've got a huge barrier taken away to how many wolves I was going to put fur on. Because before it was like, oh, can I be bothered to sculpt fur? Now I'm just like, fur plate, bam, done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because for the it's a great head start yeah. it is it really is and and for some of them 
you know, for like your rank and file dudes, if you're doing a big army, do you need to fuss around with it that much once you've got it on there? No, I don't I'm not sure you do, to be honest, because it works so well. Works so well. Yeah. If you can break the biggest thing is I find is if you can break up the edges, like you use your fur plate, get your shape. Um kind of like in the video, I show how you, you can kind of scrunch it to give it volume. Um, once you have it on your model, if you can break that edge up, so it doesn't just look like it's a, um, you know, uh, just a round piece of green stuff that's been pushed into a plate, like make it look or, like break up the edges, make it look organic, come in with a, an exacto knife and like cut out some little spots or, you know, just go wild, man. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So if you have, um, we, we did this to Little Legend, but if you had like five top tips for green stuff that you could like bullet point out, what, what would they be? Hmm. Well, the obvious, keep your tools wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely, keep, definitely keep your tools wet when you're working with it. Um, maybe even above that one is just patience. Just be patient with it. Um, always know that you can start over <laughs> yeah. um, and references, 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 references. Um, look at things that you love, things that you want your model to look like. Do not be afraid to like, if you need to look at one of my models or one of someone else's models that you've, that you like, and you need to just do it, you know, I need to just sculpt exactly this thing or at least try to like, don't be afraid to do that. Like, nope, I'm not going to be upset. Mm. Like nobody's going to be upset if you, you know, try to just like, it's not a, it's not a rip off. It's, you know, I, you know, just reference is so important when you're learning how to do something. Yeah. You can't just pick up a pencil and just learn how to, draw right off the bat you have to look at things that you want to draw you have to you know that's just it's an important thing so you know start a folder on your computer and, and just start dropping things into it that that uh inspire you and that yeah. you want to yeah. you want to build off of um it's just like with anything else if i mean yeah sure there are people that can just drum this stuff up out of their imaginations but I got to look at other stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 I've got to yeah. look at other stuff that influences me whenever. So, and that's how, that's how you come up with new ideas is, is looking at other people's work and putting your own spin on it and, and yeah. melding them all together. So, so yeah, keep your tools wet <laughs> references, patience. Um, I forget what the other two are. So <laughs> you, you can start yeah. over was a key one. Yeah. Yeah. You can start over anytime you want. Um, that's a big one with, with green stuff. Oh, and also don't be afraid to mix up the ratios on it. Yeah. Um, that's a revelation for me. I'd never even considered it. And yeah. again, it's like, it's like getting, it's, it's like getting into the science of green stuff with the different ratios. Exactly. Um, but yeah. one, I, I guess it's just understanding what, what it is you are working with. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's a time-based epoxy putty. Like it, it's a chemical reaction that's happening between two pieces of material that it's a hardener and the putty. And it's like, eventually it will get hard and that's there's, you don't need to heat it. 
for it to to cure but it, it will eventually get hard and the, and the blue is the hardener so the more blue the faster it will get hard mm. um another thing that's a big like for beginners they get frustrated when it's it gets stuck to their fingers when they're mixing it or it gets stuck to their tools like i keep a jar of water on my hobby desk all the time i got a little jug of distilled water that i refill it with and it's just always there for me to dip my fingers into so i cut my green stuff i dip my fingers in the water and i start mixing and then the soon as it, it starts to get sticky on your fingers dip your fingers in the water again and keep mixing keep mixing and mixing dip your fingers in the water like if it starts to stick to your fingers where the point of no return where it feels like you have to go and wash your hands you're not it's not wet enough you need to keep getting your, your fingers wet and eventually you just uh you you start to know you start to know that edge in which you can ride to like keep it sticky um and where where it's like you need to initially apply it to the model there's definitely a sweet spot with keeping it wet where okay it's starting to get sticky maybe this is the perfect time to apply it to the model so i get a good meld um but then then again you have that wet tool you know you keep your little toothpick or whatever it is wet you're you're pushing it into the model it's sticky your tools wet at that point like once you're done mixing it you should never touch it with your fingers um, yeah just just get that out of your mind try to to come up with any way to pick that up to manipulate it to get it on the model and just never touch it with your fingers because you you'll put a uh, a fingerprint on it and you know if you see a fingerprint on something that's going to take you right out of the scale <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, so yeah do you have a preference for brand of green stuff or do you just use whatever i mentioned needite is what i've been using lately it's just a strip of uh of green stuff um there's What's your a, feeling about the middle of that where it joins onto each other do you ever have problems yeah um some people will and it there's nothing wrong with it um i some people will say as soon as you get the roll separate it cut off the spot in which they they uh they touch because eventually that will get hard there um that is true if it gets mushed around like that chemical reaction will happen I go through so much great stuff <laughs> that it doesn't really happen before I'm through the end of the roll. Um, and like you said, you can buy the green stuff world version where it's, it's in two separate parts altogether. Um, yeah, it, there's, it, it's, I guess it was, it's good practice. If you can cut off that middle part, mm -hmm. sometimes when you're mixing, keep your eye out for little chunks that are in it. Um, what I like to do when I'm mixing my green stuff is I'll stretch it like gum back and forth between my two fingers and when you're stretching it you can see if you've got any chunks in there or whatever and you can kind of pick them out or whatever but yeah i, I wouldn't worry about it too much but you may have an old roll laying around in which case it would be good to cut the the middle part out um so yeah there's that you used to get loads of it when we worked in games workshop the odd strands of green stuff that would just accumulate in the hobby boxes and you go to use it and they've been there for the best part of three years and you just have yeah. whopping great lumps of cured green stuff in the middle yeah. yep yeah and with yep perfect example just cut the metal out and you yeah. save yourself some trouble yep brilliant well that's been really awesome i, I 
uh, incredibly helpful. Um, and uh, like we've said, if if um, anyone is thinking of getting into green stuff, especially beards, hair, fur, and stuff like that, check out um, Balbjorn's uh, YouTube videos because they really are fantastic. Yeah, so thanks yeah, for that, appreciate it. Could talk about green stuff all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Good brilliant. So we um, so we move on into the wilds. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Let's do that. Hi guys, and um, welcome to the wilds. Um, so I was going to talk about. I've got two things to talk about. Um, I got my alien roleplay book through the post, so the, the full rule book, um, which has been an absolute pleasure to flip through. Um, it's um, it's really cool because it's actually the the status box set has got all the main rules in, but I didn't realise that this has got a whole bunch of other rules in, like ship combat and ship combat. and yeah, and. Um, loads more weapons and the background sections are just insane because it uh it details all of the different troops and people from Wayland Utani and the the corporations and the life cycle of the aliens and neomorphs and oh it's amazing. <laughs> it really is. It's for if you're not into role playing you're just into aliens it's it's, <laughs> it's just for the background. It's yeah, I'm thinking about picking it up just for the background lore. Oh, it's it's awesome. Yeah, there's and the artwork is absolutely fam- fabulous. Um I must just, admit I was really on the fence between getting you that or getting you the the starter box I did get. No, the, the starter box set I I'd have got the other one. Whatever you'd have got me, I'd have got the other one. Yeah, because they they're both absolutely brilliant in their own right. Um so far I haven't played. I mean, look look at the artwork for that, Jason. I don't know if you can see it very well. No, maybe not. Like the Marine. Oh, it's brilliant. Love it. So I'm very excited about that. We're going to play. We're going to play a a mission from that um, on Tuesday. So we'll have a talk about how that went on the next podcast. But um, sweet, can't wait to hear that. So the other thing I wanted to talk about is um, Loot Studios again. Yeah. Because yeah. um, their their new monthly packs come out, and I've really gotten into Loot Studios, to be honest. So, um, have they, you? I hadn't noticed that. For those who don't know who they are, they are a um, monthly subscription service where they release a pack of models based on a basically based on a Dungeons and Dragons or role playing scenario. So, um, the first month, first month I started started it was. Um, an orc scenario so there was a orc camp that the adventurers snuck into so there's a bunch of orcs and orc scenery um and last month was the three hags so three witches um and it was so it was them and a house on chicken legs which i don't know if you've read the house with chicken legs uh, it's a children's book it's really good we read it to the kids last year it's um it's really cool um so they they did that as a piece of scenery, uh, and this month it's um, it's called the Oasis, and it's oh, Baba Yaga, right? The chicken leg house. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, and it uh, it's like a wood elfy kind of theme. Um, so the forest stuff, um, and some really cool like Lord of the Rings esque elves and like elven structures and. A, a statue head look all the world looks like um a Numenorian king, the statue of a Numenorian king. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's a really they're really very, very cool. Um the aesthetic of the whole set I would describe as probably a cross between like more towards the Lord of the Rings aspect, but high fantasy cross with like a real strong like a realism, Lord of the Rings realism to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the orcs are very big, um, almost World of Warcraft like, but they've they've had a kind of more realistic aesthetic sort of stamped on top of that. So they they look um, a bit more refined, but the, like the elves and the adventurers all look really like really Lord of the Ringsy. They, they, one of the models you get in the starters pack is a uh, is a like a rogue. Or stranger sat on a chair with his legs dead out straight in front of him with a hood on, and he's smoking a pipe. And it's exactly the way that Strider is described in the Prancing Pony. Mm. Um, and so I love it. I absolutely love it. And I think for what you pay a month, if you've got a 3D printer or you access to someone who can print these files for you, um, it's a great way of building up a, a um, role playing collection. Um, because you get all like the player characters, you get a bunch of NPCs and a bunch of bad guys every month. And it's the sort of, it's, it's not always the sort of typical monsters you'd expect. So there's like a shambling mounds and, um, there was, there was one pack a while back called the, the magician's experiments or something like that. And it's cockatrices and God knows what in there is all sort of <laughs> weird stuff. It's really cool. Um, so I'm, every, probably every month I will I will talk about the new set because I I'm I'm really taken by it and um, hopefully we'll start getting some printed off and painted and onto our Instagram feed because I'm, I've kind of always felt like building up a role playing collection to use for Dungeons and Dragons and you know fantasy role playing and this is this is the one out of all of them that's caught my the aesthetic has really got me, and I thought, yeah, this is it. This is the one I want to have. So they always look a little bit, always look a little bit unrealistic, or the proportions have never been quite right for me. But this one, I think they've nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. So yeah. now I have a significant backlog of miniatures that need painting, yeah. uh, printing, and I'll start <laughs> buying the old packs as well before you know it. And I'll have like, <laughs> yeah. there's a really cool underwater one where it's got like the flowing. Um, seaweed and underwater structures and the all of the kind of water-based enemies and i i thought it would it would look really wicked for um like scenery pieces for deepkin and stuff like that it's just it is wicked it's just looking at some of what they got it's just excellent isn't it yeah i i really think so um they got a three month six month and nine month loyalty reward as well and i can't find pictures of them um, I don't know why, um, but I get the three-month one um, the 1st of April, so I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited. It's been a long time since I've been sat um, on a computer 
So pressing refresh, waiting on the first of March. Mm. Like, refresh, refresh, refresh. So when yes. to see like. <laughs> I know um, that feeling. Yes, but I think the last time I was doing that was when I was waiting for my exam results. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. And um, I, I'd, I'd encourage people to at least go and have a look. Um, yeah. So that's me. That's my Into the Words. Oh, awesome. I've talked about Legion loads, and that's pretty much the only wild thing that's going yeah. on. So uh, I'll find something new. Um, what would be quite cool is if anyone's got any suggestions. Yes. That's what I need is suggestions of more games to play. <laughs> well, I don't know about the, the actual game, but the minis are awesome. I saw this game in my game store called Hate. I believe it was a Kickstarter only game that popped up. And then it, I don't know if it's in all game stores or if it's in just this chain that's in my <laughs> area, but uh, it's a campaign game. There's these war bands that all fight against each other. Um, it comes with 72 minis, I believe. And it's a hundred bucks for the base game. So pretty good value, but the sculpts are amazing. They're, I think, 20 of the warlords, which are are big. Um, I want to say like three, four inches tall. Um, so they're big. They're, you know, they're like Primark size, you know, Warhammer scale. Um, and then a lot of these other little guys, but I they had them laying out in the in my game store open just so you could see the minis. And I just immediately was drawn to the barbaric look of them. They're covered in skulls and fur and horns and everything that appeals to a Space Wolf fan. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. immediately saw all the different types of of fur that was sculpted on them and thought, oh, this is applicable. So I, I picked it up, if not just for the minis to paint them, but it's pretty cool. So you could check that out. Is it um, cool mini or not? Is it one of theirs? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I've just found it on um, Amazon where um, they're saying $125. So there's a lot of minis. So it's, it's it's certainly worth, that would be 90, 80 quid, 60. Yeah. I believe it's 72 minis in there. But yeah, if you check out the warlords that are in there, they, the sculpts are so cool. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Really <laughs> barbaric and cool. So. That was the big thing that I've seen recently. That's neat. Yeah, that's cool. I'm definitely going to break out the blue stuff uh, or the Onimaru or whatever they call them and do some casting of some of the, the different totems and everything to try to <laughs> put it on my space wolves. Yes. So, but yeah. Brilliant. Well, that's cool. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. No, I've got to try and convince myself I don't need to spend 80 quid on <laughs> a box game. Yeah. Right. So um, I think that brings us to the end of episode 65. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Jason. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, I, it was great. I enjoyed it a lot. Thanks for having me on. I love your guys' show. It's really, you guys are really genuine. Uh one of my favorite things is when you say grab your refreshments, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. There's just something so wholesome about it. It's great. So it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, you can find um, Val Bjorn on Instagram and uh, YouTube. 
Uh, Val Bjorn is spelled V-A-L-B-J-O-R-N. Um, no one else comes up when you search that, so you shouldn't have any trouble. Are you on Twitter or Facebook, buddy? I am not. No. Okay, so... So just YouTube and Instagram. YouTube and Instagram. You can find us, if you're interested, on At The Two Peas Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we are on YouTube, but the link for that is in multiple numbers and symbols and whatever until we get enough followers that it actually gives us a name. Um, but if you search the Two Piece Podcast, we should come up. Um, so thanks for joining us. Um, thank you, Dan, for being present for some of it. Being present for some of it. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you for episode... Uh, episode some of two. us work for the Postal Service and have to get up at six o'clock in the morning. So midnight is getting on a bit because you're, yeah, you're wittering Mr. Hall. Thanks, <laughs> 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 guys. We'll see you for episode 66. Cheers, guys. Thank you. <laughs>